me sleep again. <laughs> what? <laughs> God damn it. That's from a Furby that was dying from <laughs> from Tim's childhood. <laughs> a Furby that had the same batteries in it for like six years. Uh, and like five years after it had died, it was Dylan's, I should clarify. Dylan had one for like years because his I think his aunt worked at or his grandma had a friend who worked at the factory where they were made or something. So he got one and it just sat on his shelf forever for years. And then in the middle of the night, I was sleeping over his place one time and in the middle of the night, it just woke up with a, with what we thought were dead batteries. And it was like, Oh, <laughs> me hungry. <laughs> 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 tired me sleep again <laughs> we're lying there like this is pretty scary yeah. Yeah, we were scary. like 11 right we're yeah. like what is happening because <laughs> it wasn't loud either it was just that tone but it was like quiet Oh my god. That's awesome. Those batteries must have been corroded then too, eh? I literally have no idea how it <laughs> came to life again. I you don't never, know. You never found it. It disappeared. I, I don't believe in ghosts, but there was some <laughs> magic going on there. All right. Hello. Welcome. The Unpatched Podcast, episode 424. I noticed there was two of these in the uh, the folder there, Adrian. I'm not sure what happened there. I'm fucking on mute. I'm on mute. I'm talking on mute. Um, oh, I, I, as long as the data at the top was the... I think they were the same. I opened both of them. Oh, then then it's probably a OneDrive issue then. That's oh. probably what it is. An old OneDrive. Anyway, uh, old OneDrive. this is a video game podcast. Not a OneDrive podcast. How boring would that be? Just a podcast where you just covered the news about OneDrive? I bet, I you, there, I bet you there is a OneDrive podcast out there. I would be on that so fast. That's What would you talk about? Uh, I saved talk- some files today. Yeah. Oh, not, my God. Not talk about... Not <laughs> Sync up a OneDrive podcast on Apple Podcasts. Sync up oh will take you behind God. the scenes of OneDrive. I don't want to go behind the scenes. I don't want to be in front of the scenes. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I use one. I use one note for everything. One note's great. Well, shout out to that OneDrive podcast, I guess. Right? Yeah. Maybe we should just choose a random piece of software and just make a specialty podcast. Uh, uh, Adriano, you wanted us to be the different office apps as our as our call signs or something in Star Wars Squadrons. I think it was. Yeah. (laughs) With like a. Or even even like an Overwatch. Can you imagine if they let you put custom thumbnails in, in your, like your gamer picks? Like oh, one, yeah. one of us has the word PowerPoint, Excel, <laughs> Visio, or whatever it is, Access, and then collectively we're just Microsoft Office. I've I've seen stuff like that in like Team Fortress and Counter Strike yeah. and stuff. Really. It's on, a lot easier to do on PC than on a console. So I've I've named I've named I bought one named ship. In Sea of Thieves, mm. uh, Custodian Chronicle. Matt has recently bought his own ship, and I want to 
Rare is now owned by Microsoft, and I want to make three new ships, three different sizes. I want to make the 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 MS Word, the MS PowerPoint, and the MS Excel, and and color them blue, orange, green appropriately. That'd be awesome, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's Adriano. Hi. We got Tim Spencer. I'm also here. And Matt Lawrence. I am. Uh, I, I just wanted to talk about Netflix for a second here because oh boy, <laughs> they're making some changes. They obviously want to crack down on multiple multiple location uh, that share one Netflix account. Obviously, they're probably losing money a lot this way because uh, even I will admit that I don't have my own personal Netflix account. I share my Lock sister's and a whole her whole Lock family does. Um. But yeah, so some of the restrictions they're putting in place have been announced, but I also see that they've also kind of walked back some already. Um, but one of the one of the big restrictions was that you have to you have to return to your home address, yeah, every thirty one days or something like that, and log in and watch something. What if you like? How do you mark a home address? What if you w- move a- around a lot for work and Netflix is one of your primary entertainment factors? If you're like away from you have a you have time. a thirty day limit apparently. To yeah, get if you can't home. get back every thirty days, there's so, also there's also like one time there's like there's exemption codes that they give you like as part of your package. You can say like <laughs> then give everybody an exemption code. Let, 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 let's take <laughs> let, let, let's take the convenience out of logging in and watching something yeah, and make yeah. it so you have to physically check in like you would physically yeah. go get a yeah, VHS use your, rental. Use your punch card. Well, it's funny too because there's like hotels where you can just log into the TVs. Um, and that might be more difficult. You can have to request an exemption every single time you go oh, on a vacation. I mean, it's not the phone. biggest of You're deals. Have to but... approve it. Go to your email. Yeah. Click the link. Go into yeah. the app. Click approve. It's going to be cumbersome. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the, the problem. Just I've seen, be I've seen a lot of people talking about uh, shorting stock for Netflix in oh, anticipation geez. of this, so that when it all tanks, they can uh, buy a bunch. Yeah. Well, I have I have two t- I have two takes on that, and the first one is like if, whether whether it'll tank or not. I, the, the scary thing about this for me is that if Netflix pulls this off and either the stock doesn't tank or they don't lose a bunch of subscribers, for example, or even uh, worse for us, I guess, the uh, not the number of subscribers grows and this is successful, then all the other services are going to look at doing this so they can tack on that little extra $3 fee for having more than one household uh, or however that fee works, which is... Very, very unfortunate. Another thing that's really stupid, though, is I believe it is just a three dollar fee. I'm not sure if that's Canadian or U.S. I'd imagine it's U.S. Uh, If they just didn't do this and they just charged extra for the extra screens like they normally did and then just decided we're going to do a three dollar pay raise, they wouldn't have had all this bad press. And they could have just raised their price by three dollars and then just raise their price more often like normal or not, I guess not like normal, but have a normal price increase as they have done in the past and just raise it faster, I guess. Well, here's the interesting thing. Um, That 31 day check-in thing has now been deleted from its FAQ page uh, in which it originally appeared. Well, someone on TikTok, and this is not fact-checked, said something interesting that it was a Wi-Fi check. 
And they said, what if you move around a lot for work? Like you, one of you guys already mentioned, but you don't have Wi-Fi at home as a result of that. So then you go to a hotel that ho- that first hotel that you go to, would that become your home? No, what they're probably going to do is the, when this first gets updated and implemented, they're probably going to have a, Hey, we see this SSID or pick the one you want. And we're going to name it your quote unquote home. What and if you what, don't have a Wi-Fi though? That is, that is kind some, of rare though, isn't it? Yeah. That's something that they're going to have to address. And honestly, if you're going to do that and you just watch off data, pick your office Wi-Fi, pick the office. To, when you go to work, use that as your tag and then you can update it there. But then probably I can already see how this is going to work. And then they're going to say, hey, you want to change your Wi-Fi? You can only change it once every 120 days. That's going to be your new home. And then from there, you have to wait 30 days before you could 30 days before you can change it again. And there's going to be a bunch of timed restrictions. And then there's going to be like, oh, yeah, all right, you need to now wait. Or if you want to do this, you have to call Netflix or you have to you do open up a ticket to get this unlocked. Raise the price of the additional screen plans. You leave the, <laughs> the basic ones basic and, and raise those rates the way that they always have. Yeah. And then raise the, like, if it's too, in the original form, like, Adriano, you have a multi, like a six screen plan or something. Uh, if, I only have if, a four If, for screen, example, it's a four screen. But, like, let's only- say, for example, what? There's only max four. Okay, so four. So if it's if one screen is eight dollars, I'm just making this okay. up. If one screen's eight dollars, then just charge two dollars more per. Let's say that's the normal price. Start start charging four dollars more per extra screen. Like yeah, it's extra but- screens. Like just do that. Avoid the publicity. People will complain about the price for a day. The news cycle will pick something else up. You don't need any more support. You're not supporting all this bullshit, adding infrastructure to to like track SSIDs and whatever the hell else they're doing. It's nonsense. But what about those people who legitimately have, you know, um, who are not abusing that system? They're going to have to do a price raise because other people are doing it. Well, no, what I'm saying is this Netflix, if they wanted more money for more households, Instead of having this big publicity problem and adding all this technical stuff, they could have just kept this completely quiet. They don't mention it to the public at all. They just say, that's it. Extra screens cost more per screen or per package. Mm. And so now the people that have the basic plan, they don't get touched and or they even could if they wanted. And I'm saying they just raise the price. Like if the normal price increase is three dollars and we have and then now I think they said they wanted to charge the three dollars if you have more than one household. The next price increase, raise it $6 or something like that. I'm saying that they could have avoided Um, all this, charged everybody more money, and no one would have no one would have said a word other than the normal complaints about a price raise. Yeah, I don't know, Matt. I I think I go ahead. I don't understand the point. So you have to check in every 31 days. What's the exemption for? Am I able to watch something at home? And then I leave for vacation, which, yeah. you know, would be within that 31 days. And I come like, is that really going to affect me? Then I won't need an exemption, right? Well, not unless you're because what if you're doing not a quote unquote standard vacation? What if you're doing like medical work somewhere or you're mm-hmm. going you're going like off for a year for some sort of work thing for a big project and you're coming back? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. then. Um. They mad. They must have. They must have done crunch numbers and figured this is probably the best way to do this. Because how how many people are on your your shared thing, Ryan? Well, my whole family. So four of us. 
Matt, what about you? Uh, just two. Tim Marino's. Uh, we're on Kayla's parents, so I think just technically two households. Uh, one, <laughs> two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So you're I the have, reason why they're doing this. I have <laughs> yeah. nine people. I have nine people on one account. I should clarify though, like my my parents and my sister are on the same Wi-Fi. And so they're technically one location. I'm on a separate network. Yeah, I guess I'm in I'm one network too, then. So I have technically two networks. And then you know what you do? Just daisy chain a bunch of routers going all the way down. Well, my sister already said she's not going to renew. Um, yeah, no, I'm, this, I've been, um, so I've wanted to, my brother and I have wanted a reason to get out of it for a while, and and last couple of renewals because we we always talk about it every six months. And when this was rumored, we went to our brother in law who we share the payment with, and we go, you know, if this gets kicked in, we're going to probably cut this. And yeah. Now, yeah. It's just Netflix is the least uh, streaming service I watch, so. Yeah, the only thing that I really, really actually look forward to on there is probably Unsolved Mysteries when it comes out. That's that's seldom, isn't it? Seldom, and then I'll just go go over to Matt's house and watch it there. <laughs> well, I was <laughs> going to say that the most effective way, depending on how quickly you rotate, is to rotate through. Yeah. Get get Netflix for two months, watch your two or three series. You're done that. Okay, now I'm watching Prime Video series. I can't watch the Netflix and the Prime Video series simultaneously, so I'll binge the Prime Video and I'll just not have Netflix for that period, for example. But can you can you do Prime Video monthly without the actual yearly Prime membership? That I'm not sure. I was just a like a basic example. I believe they're bundled together. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I think you can. You yeah, you can you unbundle can, it though, right? You can't. Oh, because if you can unbundle it, that's different. Because I got rid of Prime Video because I didn't want to pay. There was a price hike of annually seventy nine ninety nine to ninety nine ninety nine Canadian for Amazon Prime yearly. Mm-hmm. I said I don't want to pay that extra twenty bucks, so I canceled it. And then they said, okay, how about instead you're still paying the hundred dollars, but we'll just charge you monthly and you can bail out whenever you want. But you're still but I'd still be paying for the prime delivery service and prime music and everything else. Yeah, you can switch to monthly. You can switch to monthly. I just checked, yeah. But you you can't un- uncouple it. If you have prime Amazon Prime shipping, you also have prime video and prime music. You know, what's interesting about this $99 a year, though, is Amazon or sorry, Netflix famously started at $8 a month. I think and, one of their- and $8 a month, $8 a month with tax and everything and conversion, especially here is over 100 a year. Mm-hmm. This is this is listing right here. I'm looking at primevideo.com. I'm not logged in. And it's saying that if you buy the annual plan, it's equivalent to $99 a year, like you're saying, Adriano but $8 and 25 cents a month. So you're almost paying just the original launch price of, uh, of what made kind of Netflix famous at the time. Eight bucks, watch whatever you want. So I'm on, I went to private browsing. So I got, I, I'm on Netflix Canada because to avoid my account, it says, choose the plan that's right for you. And they actually have as low as a plan as five ninety nine Canadian a month which is probably the one that I would do just for myself if I had to do this. Do you, when you choose things like this though, so a question would be, do you look if you come out ahead on subscriptions? What Purely, do you mean? Like, like pure money. So the way I treat all subscriptions 
is is almost a two-step procedure. It's pure money. So Amazon Prime, am I going to have to pay more than $100 a year in shipping? If if the answer to that's yes, I'm coming out ahead, then I'm getting the subscription. Um, then the second check is maybe I'm not coming out ahead. So let's say I'm not. Uh, I check if I really want it. So if, for example, if Amazon releases Stargate and Stargate is a movie and a TV series and all kinds of new stuff, and it comes out on Prime Video and it's only on Prime Video, I'm going to pay that even if I do I love, not come out ahead. I love how much you love Stargate, Matt. It's so it's so charming. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. So, and what's the name of your ship in Sea of Thieves? The USS Daedalus after oh, the Stargate yeah, ship. Is, Matt. The Daedalus, Daedalus class <laughs> ship. Your USS, my brother's JSTS, you guys can sail together and... and so with that with that though with amazon prime i wouldn't i wouldn't specifically with prime that's a weird one because i would ask myself how can i circumvent paying for shipping because i don't Mm. want to pay for shipping but there's an easy way around that for me uh and i used to do this and i didn't do it for a long time and then then my brother reminded me that i can do it is as i as i want things from amazon i just pile it into my cart and I just wait for the threshold to hit free shipping anyways. And then that's when I pull the trigger and I buy it. So if I if I need items A, B, and C, and individually they don't do it, I just wait until I need A, B, and C, put them in the cart together and buy it, and I'll but pay for shipping. Prime gives you faster shipping too, doesn't it? Yes, but I also ordered a backpack. It doesn't always work. <laughs> no, yeah, it doesn't always. like. So I, I order stuff on Prime, and it's now it's two-day sh- two is at best. But I ordered a backpack, and I'm not even kidding you. Four days later for free shipping because of the threshold, it showed up. Am I wrong? Did it used to be next day shipping? It's one to two. Two was always the famous one. Two day uh, shipping two was, two the, was the famous one? Was what some, made it famous. Some places it was same day shipping. Yeah, so uh Toronto and major cities yeah. do have do have that. But here, so near us, they opened up a new Amazon warehouse. I've ordered stuff and received it six hours to eight hours later. Yeah. That's crazy. So it, it used to be like next day shipping. But now, but now, even with the with the free stuff, I I got I ordered a uh, travel like a new travel backpack for my for my trip in the summer, and it honestly showed up in just as fast as time as Prime does. So, so Prime is a weird one. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. But with something with Netflix, you wanna you wanna hear these hilarious plans? God. <laughs> so right oh, now, is, it, is this your family like having a huge breakup on Netflix? Is that what this is? No, no, no. So I'm looking at I'm looking at the Netflix Canada plans. It's uh, premium is the one that I'm doing right now with a bunch of people. It's 21 a month. Uh, video <laughs> quality is uh, best is what they say. 4K and HDR. Watch on your TV, computer, mobile phone, and tablet. And downloads are allowed. Next one is standard. I guess uh, I don't know. Uh, then it's that's seventeen a month. It's better quality, 1080p. Watch on your TV, phone, mobile phone, and tablet. Um, and downloads are allowed. This is the then this next the basic one is my favorite, which is what I'm going to do. Basic with ads. Yeah. Five nine five ninety nine. Video quality good. Resolution seven twenty p. And watch on your TV, computer, mobile phone, and tablet. No downloads allowed. You cannot do downloads. You know what, though? Short of a, a show having like a really big set piece, like a Rings of Power or something that looks, that is kind of almost made for looking really good. Um, I left all my uh, my YouTube 
to automatic. And over the pandemic, they lowered the quality to deal with the additional people streaming. I mean, I never noticed it. Hmm. So like the 720 might just work great for you, short of maybe those really showpiece things. Although if you're watching on a 1080p TV, which I think Adriano and, and both you, Matt, have, a 720 isn't going to look that bad on 1080. No. I got a really old 1080p <laughs> Samsung plasma behind me. Still, things run like a beast. Oh, my goodness. Oh, sorry. And there's also a caveat with the basic with ads. Not all devices will be able to support it because if your device can't run the, the ad portion of the app you can't do it oh. and not every title is available on the ad supported one because mm. of licensing so they'll, what they'll show is if you try to click on on the when you're browsing if it has if it can't be played there'll be a little lock icon apparently telling you that you're basic with ads you can't play this item but I'm assuming that all Netflix original content will work just fine all right, and before this becomes a Netflix podcast, let's move on to some gaming news. Uh, exclusive. This is from exclusive from IGN. Xbox, Nintendo, and Sony won't be part of E3 2023. So this was kind of supposed to be E3's big comeback year because they were gone. Last year they were gone, right? Or did they have some sort of pared down thing? I thought they no, were I, shut down. No, yeah, no, they, they skipped it. They said, we'll come back next year, so bigger and better. 2020, they were gone. 2019, they were gone because of the pandemic. Or 2020, sorry. Right. So 2019 was the last time we had an actual, you know, legit um, E3, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, So it appears now that... um. When E3 2023 hits the Los Angeles Convention Center in June, it will be without three of its most important draws. IGN has heard from multiple knowledgeable sources that Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo won't be part of E3 2023 or have a presence on the Los Angeles Convention Center show floor. Uh, This information comes on the heels of Xbox's announcements last week that it would be returning to Los Angeles for its annual summer showcase while declining to confirm whether it would be a part of the show itself. Speaking with IGN last week, uh, Xbox CEO Phil Spencer said that the platform holder is timing its showcase with E3 at the moment. Uh, uh, Convenient for press and even consumers at the event, meaning it's likely to roughly align with the event itself. Spencer also stressed uh, Xbox's public support for E3 and the Entertainment Software Association. However, IGN understands that Xbox won't have a booth on the show floor. Uh, One funny thing is, I believe they're on the board of the ESA? And it's like they're not even supporting the ESA's like big show every year, so that's kind that's of bizarre. Weird. But is this finally the uh, the final nail in the coffin for E three? You guys think? My condolences, Ryan. I know how much this meant to you. Yeah, I know. It I was a cool you... time every year, right? Well, I just loved having just a you know a weekend jam packed full of game announcements and trailers and stuff and. I always enjoyed it, but uh, I think E3 will continue, but just as like a fan event and not actually have the big conference announcements. So is this, do you think it's going to convert into something more like a, like a fan expo, but for games specifically? Yeah, just another regular convention. Because before this, it was supposed to be for press. A lot of fans, I think, just found their way there somehow, but it was actually a press event. And you were announcing the new games to the press and investors, 
right? And it was more of an industry type of thing. But I think just because of the popularity of it all, it became a, f- a fan event. Anyone, no one else cared about E3? I, I, I liked it. I enjoyed watching the, the news, but I also understand the times change. I would just wait for the uh, big announcements and look them all up later, honestly. You didn't watch the the the, the conferences live, right? Not, not the actual shows, no. Really? I, I no. always watched all the conferences, but I never got like I they would pile up. So if they there was, you know, Microsoft and then Ubisoft, whatever in order, I would always make sure to watch them in that order, but I would always be behind. I'd never watch them live just because I didn't have time. Um but no, like I enjoyed I enjoyed watching everything all the announcements. And I'd say, oh, my God, I'm going to get back into gaming. I'm going to play this, this, and this, and this, and this. <laughs> and I just never get around to it. And then it yeah. falls by the wayside. Because half those titles don't come out. Half of them are delayed. And then half of them are half of half are garbage anyways. Or so half don't even look the way they looked <laughs> yeah. during yeah. The, the show. So, Like Watch Dogs. I don't think it ever looked like that. Yeah. Oh, it uh, came out. <laughs> oh, yeah. My God. They were people. People were upset by that. But like everything else. Because it was just that it was a time where you relied on... It wasn't, I'm not going to say like traditional f- flagship news outlets, but it was the, just the step down to, to report on video game news because you didn't have, you didn't have, uh, the technological means to really have people share it like they do today. You're talking about like 2004 when gametrailers.com was the shit and they had, SD and HD versions of trailers on <laughs> video game trailers. And you had fucking over the shoulder cam footage of a GameCube console at <laughs> E3 because you couldn't, there's no capture device. Everything was, it was impossible. So no other way to do it. Yeah. Best way. Wouldn't have it any other way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just, just, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say the industry is a lot bigger now too. And it's like before they needed a big event where they combined all their forces to actually make a wave in the in the normal mainstream press, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they need that anymore because it's just gaming has kind of ballooned into its own its own big industry. We're with in that, age with that, where we though, can share our own stuff. Yeah, but that's one thing that doesn't line up with that is even Phil Spencer's comments on this, where he's saying that they they do want to have a showcase and that that E three is at a is is a convenient time for the press and consumers, which is interesting, and also. Game, the Game Awards is another place that is almost less about the awards and more about the <laughs> yeah. announcements. Yeah, and and I would agree that the Game Awards and E three, at least for me, were was were really convenient. I would get all my gaming news for the year there, get a little bit sprinkled in here and there. Obviously, this for this show and that, but I wasn't, I wouldn't read every single day all this gaming news, so I would only hear the big stuff all year. Um, but without these little condensed things, uh, it's going to be really inconvenient for myself. Although. Like I said, the Game Awards, uh, like uh, what doesn't make any sense to me is that why, why can't or why is it harder to align your announcement with a show when you know it's coming up? Because you and I were you and I were talking about this, Ryan, where you know E three is coming up, so like let's sort of get something going, whether it's a cinematic trailer or a specific exclusive playable part of the game that's polished for E3 specifically, but you know, it's coming. It's not a surprise. There's no, Oh my God, like, what do we do? It's okay. This is coming up in the summer every single year. 
you would think it's easy to hit. And then you could say, well, no, let the creative teams do whatever, but you still have to hit the game awards. So, and the game awards getting is getting a ton of press and it's getting a ton of, of announcements and the game awards is one day. E3 is multiple days. So it's arguably even more strict. So it doesn't make sense that E3 fell apart and the game and the game awards flourished, at least not to me. I think I think something must have happened at E3. I think it was more internal than it was anything having to do with the popularity of E3 or anything like that. I feel like just think relationships ships started to crumble internally. Now I don't know for a fact. I don't. I don't. Um, I do know there were a few things that happened that rubbed people the wrong way about E3, um, and I think it just kind of started from a small issue, and then just eh, we don't really need E3. Sony was like, we're on top right now. Why should we, you know, go schlub it with these other, <laughs> you know, publishers? Um, and they, they Sony got rid of their thing. own thing, though, too. They got they had used to have PSX. Yeah. But now they're just doing videos, which are far cheaper to produce. You got to remember these E3 conferences cost millions of dollars to produce. Um, doing their little videos, probably like a fraction of that, right? So. As usual, the entire industry is playing catch up to Nintendo. Yeah, yeah the directs. <laughs> Except Nintendo doesn't know how the internet works still in 2023. <laughs> yeah. But you're right, though, Matt, because there are things replacing it because you got the Summer Games Fest. Jeff Keighley, again, he does his show in the summertime around E3. And that's time sensitive. It, it's that's, a show that happens on a certain day or, or over a series of days. It has that, dates, you know. That's why I think just the the publishers just, I think, stopped liking the, the idea of E3. But Jeff Keighley's event is is popular. It has a positive outlook. Everyone loves them, you know. And so they're like, okay, we'll show our games here instead. And then on top of that, do our own shows. Right. Because I think uh, Xbox was a big part of Summer Game Fest last year, if I recall. And they also had their own conference. Is that right? I don't, I don't know. remember. It's all I can't blur. remember. Everything with the last three years is a blur. Well, anyway. is this a is this a thing where it's sort of like, hey, you know, instead of having a multi-day, really intense uh, amount of like literally hours worth of content, we're gonna still hit dates, but the game awards is one night. Um the Summer Games Fest, I think, is over a certain period of time, but I believe there's one big show, if I remember correctly. I've only watched it once. Mm-hmm. Just one um, show. So is it one of these things where it's like instead of having this really intense amount of time because everyone sort of, I don't know, this, it seems like we're always on the go and we're too busy for this stuff. So we're going to do everything as quickly as we possibly can type of thing. Like, is that where we're headed kind of? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm at my rooftop party with my Switch. I can't watch this conference. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it probably is easier just to let Jeff Keighley handle all the production, you know, and you just supply the gameplay footage and a couple devs to come talk about it awkwardly on stage. And uh, and then, boom, you're done. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's true. Yeah. And he's getting the numbers, too. So. It's a win-win. Anyway. RIP to E3. One of my favorite times of year. It ruined. was already kind of dead a long time ago anyway. It's ruined for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our next story here. Tomb Raider TV series in the works at Amazon. There you go. If you're looking for more reasons to get your Prime Amazon resubscribed, 
Tomb Raider TV series. You've convinced me. <laughs> From Fleet Bag Writer, which I thought was great, Adriana, <laughs> when you thought that they were calling the writer of Fleabag. <laughs> oh my god. Well, because so he sends the link and it is, you know, IGN.com slash and then it has the the headline in the Earl. It says new Tomb Raider series from Fleabag writer, but everything's lowercase. I'm like, yeah. like that's fucking insulting. What the yeah. hell is this? And I click on it and I read it again. I'm like, oh, Fleabag the series. Yeah. New, new Tomb Raider series from fucking dipshit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Like, I would be upset if something. No, goes. no, no. He wrote fucking dipshit. Oh, okay. <laughs> fair enough. All right. So this is from IGN, but THR reports that a television show about the famous video game adventurer is in development at Amazon with Fleabag writer Phoebe Waller-Bridge attached to, the, to pen the script and uh, executive produce. THR also reported that Amazon has plans to also make a new Tomb Raider movie and at least one additional video game, hoping to make an MCU-like interconnected universe. Now, first of all, I got a bone to pick with this MCU like universe. This seems to be happening a lot just because you have multiple like things going on at the same time. And I just want to mention that Star Wars kind of did this earlier, at least than Mar- than Marvel did in terms of everything connected. Simpsons did it, but now they're they're giving MCU the the mantle. I guess a I bunch know. of a bunch of series did it. Star Trek d- did it years ago too. Uh, I just want to remind everyone that Oreo was the knockoff brand. And now what? it's the leading one. Oh, <laughs> I see That's what you're saying. all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, I get it. Um, But I also get upset whenever you like everyone's striving for that universe, that interconnected universe. It's yeah. tiresome. James Gunn. <clears throat> well, it makes sense for them because they're competing with Marvel. Right. But it's like, do you really need to say, oh, we want to make an MCU like interconnected Tomb Raider universe? It's like, really? <laughs> How you much can't, Tomb Raider universe just, is there? You can't just make Tomb Raider stuff. It's like, you can't just have a, a sequel and then like a trilogy or yeah, something. I don't, I, it, yeah. The, the, if even if they're connected, it's like, I don't, you need to, you don't need to call it MCU like. It's just, you, you don't call the Fast series MCU like. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> I mean, there maybe is a, do. there's a very, there's a similar, not really debate, but just like concept with the whole Souls-like video game genre mm. that it literally has become a genre specifically because so many uh, like video game reviewers would always review games as Souls-like without having any criteria for what literally makes a Souls-like game. So a bunch of different people had to come up with their own criteria for what Souls-like meant. And now if you go on Steam and look up the tag Souls-like, oh. you will get thousands of results because game devs will just put souls like on their game just to hit the like tags even if it is like oh it has a dodge roll oh it's exactly like dark souls then <laughs> identical exactly the same uh jedi fallen order people compared to a souls like just because you lock on and then you can dodge and, and third person and over their shoulder and... action game yeah I mean, it's pretty like that's a fair one I would say because you can dodge roll there's parry timing you have to manage stamina but yeah, I also have issue with with things like that because they're not. There's a certain level of quality to the Souls Born games. No, oh, sure, yeah. That the other games just don't match, and so it's like, okay, if I'm gonna go look for a game that's like Elden Ring, you're not gonna find it. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. So well, you can find. I mean, similarities, and that I don't want to say that like <laughs> you can never replicate it because you definitely can. There's plenty of really fantastic like hidden gem games that would fall under the souls like tag like the youtuber iron pineapple has an entire series that has like 16 parts now or something mm-hmm. literally called steam dumpster diving where he goes and looks for hidden gem souls like games and uh tons of games have gotten really really good press and like um exposure because of that series like those videos get millions of views so I don't want to sit here and say nobody can replicate the ch- like the magic that is FromSoft uh, third-person action RPGs. Like it's definitely possible. I've bought many games because of that series and really enjoyed them. Um, but the vast majority of the time, yes, ninety-five plus percent of the time, it's I just find trying to game- emulate it and just missing the the details. You know, I just find that games have more. <laughs> more complexities to them like if, it, if someone could say oh do you like led zeppelin oh then you might like deep purple like that kind of that connection makes sense you know it's like okay i, I like these this kind of genre and style of music yep but games it's a little different it's like just because you like Soulsborne games doesn't mean you're gonna like a game that's souls like you know yep i don't think it's that easily recommendable i guess is that two different terms, Soulsborn and Souls-like? I always kind of thought they were synonyms. They are. Well, okay. Soulsborn means like specifically the you know your Elden Ring, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro, all the actual FromSoft games. Technically, Souls-like just means within the same genre of. Even though Sekiro is kind of different, I don't even know if I would call that Souls-like. Right. I mean, people do still. I think it's about as different from Dark the, Souls as the combat's like, a Bloodborne is. Pretty different, though. Only in that it's got like a stance system mm-hmm. that you can break or have broken for yourself. Anyway, Tomb Raider. Um, All right, let's play a game. Okay. Tomb Raider? Tomb Raider series or movie, whatever the fuck this is. post credit scene, she walks into the Tomb Raider mansion turns around other video game characters saying I want to start the video game initiative. Oh. What, character, what character is it? What character from what other video game franchise is there? Marcus Phoenix. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's time for the video game initiative. Alright, alright, okay. Alright, Ryan? God, I have no idea. Um, I'm, I'm thinking Hitman. <laughs> Agent 47? Yeah. Uh, that would have made sense. They they used to both be Square Enix. Yeah, that's not anymore though. No, forget forget license. You, you just, I know because yeah. Matt, Matt chose a freaking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you ruined it. I'm gonna say Aloy. What? Although the timing doesn't make sense. Do they, yeah, does it have Horizon. to match up? Does oh, it have to I, match oh up? yeah, no, no, that's fine. I I did I didn't know what the hell an Aloy was. I thought you were. Well, you never you never played Horizon. Uh, what, what's you? an Aloy? Is that when you combine two metals together into one metal? Come on, come on, Ryan. You think I play video games just because I'm on a video game podcast? <laughs> See how big his Tip. backlog is? He doesn't play yeah. video games. I'm too busy making a spreadsheet to catalog the backlog <laughs> to, to tackle the backlog. I think if you have a big backlog, that means you are a gamer. I guess. I yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah, if you care enough to have a list. Mm-hmm. And you have a huge interactive spreadsheet that you've been I, trying to work I on. Don't, you have I been don't, working on. I don't know that it's the the. It might just be my neurotic tendency to catalog stuff. No, it's probably what you it just is. need an excuse. No. Yeah, yeah. 
I got great news for you. If you play any game, you're a gamer. So right, you don't have to done. worry about right. categorizing that too much. Tim, what's your what's your Tomb Raider post credits dream team matchup? Dream team matchup with Lara Croft? Yeah. Uh, Ratchet and Clank. Okay. Like both of them just sitting there, just yeah, you know, they come out of a rift. Whoa, so, where are right. we? So by the time Avengers rolls the Tomb Raider Avengers rolls around, we have Lara or Laura, Hitman Laura. 47, Marcus Phoenix, uh, uh, Alloy, Alloy, and <laughs> Ratchet and Clank. Those are our that's our Avengers uh, team up. Sounds like PlayStation All Stars 2 with DLC. I think this will obviously be a reboot for Tomb Raider. Uh, yeah, I don't so I imagine true. even Alicia Vikander is not going to be the new oh. Twitter. Yeah, they uh, probably who's your casting then? That's what I was trying to figure out. I, I I just quickly Googled like fan casting for it and Daisy Ridley popped up. I don't think that's a terrible idea. I think that's pretty good. I'm yeah, honestly surprised yeah. that Tomb Raider is big enough to to do another TV show. Like they haven't Tomb, seemed to Tomb have Raider much success is a after no, no, no! I'm not saying industry. that. I'm not saying Tomb Raider license isn't is bad or anything. I'm saying that they haven't seemed to find much success outside of video games uh, yeah. after Angelina Jolie. Yeah, but Matt, also keep in what the the premise of Tomb Raider is fairly straightforward. It's girl, fit, presumably good looking, running around, shooting guys, shooting bad guys, and raiding tombs. Like they don't have to call this Tomb Raider; they're probably just going to use the name. They, they, sure, could but be, I mean, there's all kinds anything. of there's all kinds of easy to make. Like mercenaries is one of three protagonists runs around with rocket launchers and airstrikes and crazy vehicles, and they do military things like espionage, infiltration, blowing up buildings, and I mean that's you know what I mean. Military voice, military well, voice. I think well, I think the Angelina Jolie one had such success because she was pretty popular at the time, particularly for her looks, right? And so I think that that led to a lot of excitement over that first film. Uh, Alicia Vikander was kind of lesser known, and also I don't think that movie really trailered well. It didn't look it didn't look too good. The movie was fine when you watch it, you know. Yeah, it was alright. Yeah, um, but yeah, it just there was just not not. The same kind of marketing buzz around Alicia Vikander. Could, you could do a Michael Fassbender crossover in Assassin's Creed. Oh, <laughs> that would that yeah. would be it. That would be it. Uh, yeah. uh, other people are showing Haley Atwell, but I think she might be a little too old. Uh, at this yeah, point. she's she's. Yeah. But I think she would have been good. Uh, What's she in? Uh, she's she's Agent Carter. Carter in the MCU. Oh, ironically, yeah. so. So, huh. yeah. Uh. There's a be, because they want to they because uh, I can't remember I think it was Hasbro bought up all the they finally got all the licenses together so they want to do a new Power Rangers reboot universe and they want to do like a shared universe with all the childhood toys that you an could, MCU like universe yeah like Power Rangers Ninja Turtles Transformers they want to make that all into one do one. kids do they care about connected universes I don't know Probably because not as much as adults. Yeah, because right now the MCU is one is uh, 2007, 2008 or 2007 is when it started. So it's about 15 years old at this point. So my nephew, who enjoys watching those movies and comes to the theaters with me, 
is probably doesn't know too much from before the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right, so right. It's probably always have been a thing. So I'm curious to know if I sat him down and I and I showed him all the pre-MCU Marvel stuff, just the hodgepodge of X-Men, Fantastic Four, Hulk, even the old shitty 90 Captain, Amer- Captain America movies, or even <laughs> the, the David Hasselhoff, uh, Nick Fury movie. Would he just assume that everything is connected? Is there an assumption that everything is the same? Right. Oh. I do like the idea, though, of of getting the same actor to, you know, play across the multiple roles to be in the TV show, the movies and the comics and games and stuff. I think that's a cool idea. Yeah. As a, as a Tomb Raider fan, I'd like to see that. I don't care that much anymore. For, for, <laughs> for me, for me, it's I always say, is it a change for the better? If it they, if they have recasted and it's better off. Who cares if they recast it and it's worse off? Like, imagine if they went from uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal to Katie Holmes from Batman Begins to if they went the <laughs> other way, that'd be terrible. Or if they went from Don I don't Cheadle mind to Katie T- Holmes and that, if, and, but and... If, or if they went from Don Cheadle to Terrence Howard for okay, yeah. her, like that would be worse. <laughs> but we, we our upgrades was better, so like eh, people. So if they can find a better actor, yeah, and make a better movie, yeah, if, 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 it, impro- if it improves it, who cares? That's... Yeah. All right, uh, final story for the week, uh, which I think we have to make some amendments to, right, Matt? Um, the Xbox 360 Marketplace set to delist more than 40 game uh, games next week. Uh, this is from DualShockers. Uh, Microsoft has revealed a plan to delist several video game titles and DLCs from the Xbox 360 Marketplace, effective February 7th, which is freaking coming up. What was the That's name close. of the... Who reported on this? DualShockers. That's such a funny name. What are you, what are you talking about? I don't know why I find it so funny. <laughs> tisk tisk, Adriano. Oh. All right, I can continue. But anyway, uh, users can currently visit the Xbox official support site and check out the shared PDF uh, of the removed games for their respective regions. Gamers will mostly be affected by the removal of Blue Dragon and Lost Odyssey. Oh, okay, because they're uh, exclusive to the Xbox 360 console. I thought this person was just putting in their own. Their own favorite titles that were leaving. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Matt, I think you just pointed out that these will still be available on Series X and S through backwards compatibility. Yeah, like according to VGC, I'll just read for the show's sake. There's just a couple sentences here. So Microsoft spokesperson also told Gematsu, uh, Gematsu, I'm not sure uh, that quote. These titles are not are no longer. Uh, will, sorry, will no longer be purchasable on the Xbox 360 store only and titles that are available to be purchased on the Xbox One and Xbox Series S and S stores will remain purchasable. You will still be able to play discs or previously downloaded games on your Xbox 360 and modern consoles if they are backwards compatible titles. For more information on the games impacted in your region, visit here. And then there's a list from that link, presumably right below it. Uh, quite a list, actually. Um, just kind of a few to point out here. Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, Assassin's Creed 3, 4, Liberation HD, uh, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, and Call of Duty Ghosts, which I found kind of surprising. That was That's surprising, because those aren't that old. Yeah. I actually just bought Ghosts on... on well, technically, <laughs> I bought it on PS4, but I'm playing it on PS5. Uh, just because I wanted to play through the Call of Duties again. For some reason, starting at Ghosts. <laughs> The easiest, I guess, to play. Uh, Far Cry 2 is also on this list. Iron Brigade? Is that that game, Major Ronald? 
Fuck yeah, Iron Brigade. Oh, I, that was my Helldivers before Helldivers. Yeah. Me and Sean have stayed up till wee hours of the morning just running that thing over and over. I still again. remember you telling me to play it in uh, in one of our classes in college. Oh god, it's it's. I think I have I have it purchased, so I'm fine on that end. But uh, oh wow, that uh, that takes me back. That takes me back. You know what? I'm sorry to deviate, but I just recalled that I thought I think Haley Atwell was cast to play the voice of Tomb Raider in the animated series. I think that was announced. Anyway, oh. sorry, that just popped into my head. Haley Atwell's people, thank you. Uh, Left 4 Dead one and two. That's surprising. Another kind of surprising yeah, one. That's very surprising. And Limbo. Mass Effect that's- two. That okay, that was the one that really caught me. It's like, why that one? Why not yeah, the other why one? The second, not My the first, first. <laughs> just the middle one. But well, actually, they, no, the, they published the, the first one, right? So yeah, they they partly published it. So yeah. the first one, but the third one, maybe the third one is coming. Maybe the third Wait, one. Who, is, who partially published Microsoft? Microsoft, Microsoft par, pub, partially published the first one for consoles. They didn't. They didn't publish it at all on PC. That's why it was that, an Xbox exclusive. That that's why it made at its launch. way to consoles. Like if you play the first game, it is clearly a PC game. It was made for PC. Mm-hmm. It was not. It was not controller. It did not handle well in controllers, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh. Peggle two. Peggle two, which I think is also a Microsoft game, isn't it? It's PopCap Games. That's who developed it. I'm not sure. Did they publish it though? I'm not sure on that. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront. The original, I think, the OG. Uh, Star Wars KOTOR 2. Wait, the first one, the first one and the second OGs are Xbox original. But would they be on the 360 store? I wasn't a digital 360 guy, so I'm not sure. You sure the first one wasn't also on 360? No, it wasn't for sure. Because I remember receiving a 360 for Christmas as well as Battlefront 2. And it is backwards compatible. The second one for sure. Uh, is backwards compatible on the 360, but I don't know about the first. So I don't know. I don't know which one they're talking about then, because that would be ridiculous if it's EA's Battlefront. Which I wait. Did that even come out to 360 though? No, that would. Be I one. will check that right now. That would be Xbox One. Um, but also here's another kind of funny thing: Star Wars Kotor Two. Again, the first Kotor was on Xbox as a as a console exclusive. And so was two, though, I think. What is going on here to the 360? What happened to the 360 store? Orange box, not really surprising since the Left 4 Dead's uh, are leaving. And then The Witcher 2. There, there is also another version of the Orange Box called the Black Box, which was not as well known. They had updated versions of those games in there. I haven't even heard of that. I haven't heard yeah. of it either. Yeah, let's see if I can find that super quickly. So Battlefront, uh, EA's Battlefront, it says here, make a selection, and I can select PS4, Steam, or Xbox One. Yeah. I was trying to find that first original Battlefront. Uh, I don't know. W- w- Wikipedia changed its layout, and it's now very kind of... Every learn how to find stuff on here. Oh, sorry. It was the black box was planned, but it never actually made it, mm. which would have included all newer versions of the games, but they failed. I thought there was one that came out black box. They had Steam actually, by that point realized they didn't need to make games anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually bought uh, the Sega Vintage Collection, although I believe I bought the one for either Xbox One or Xbox Series because it was on a pretty deep sale. So I'm not sure if it was the 360 one, but 
I did run out and grab that because I did notice it was on sale after I heard about this. Yeah, so battle the original Battlefront, the pandemic one, not the not the EA one. Um yeah, that was only on the original Xbox, uh, not 360. So I wonder if it is the backwards compatible version on the 360 store? It must be then. Yeah. But anyway, Adriano, you don't like it when when things are are leaving. Uh yes. How does this make you feel? Uh it makes me sad. It it's it kind of just reinforces that things can be taken away and we can lose information. Like for me, information preservation is super important and this is information. So the upside is, is if you have it already, you get to keep it and utilize it. Assuming you have something to download it on. Um, uh, Admittedly, I will go and look at them and see if I should buy any of these. But is Canada affected in this? Because the probably. list I'm looking at on VGC includes UK as well as US. I would imagine we'll follow US, but that's not necessarily true. Probably, yeah, it's probably going to be slightly different from region to region. I mean, there um, is that there is that link. To be fair, oh yeah. So if you go to that link um, regarding the Xbox 360 marketplace, this is right on Xbox.com. Uh, right from Microsoft anyway, you can download a PDF for your specific regions. You can click on America, Europe, et cetera. And then you can actually click into specific areas like Canada, Brazil, Bolivia, et cetera. I will probably, yeah, I'll probably go and buy because this happens every five years with the Forzas. Um, it happens every five years with the Forzas when they discontinue them. I end up going to buy those just because they won't be able to get them afterwards. And it's they 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 discount them to dirt cheap. They're like three bucks a piece, so it's virtually nothing. But now that we talked about possibly downloading it to actually retain the like the the tracking license of it, I don't know if I was supposed to be downloading those to any capacity to actually do that. I wonder if I can't actually download them since I never downloaded them. Hmm. Yeah, so what like Adrian was referring to for the audience is that in this quote, it says you will still be able to play discs or previously downloaded games on your Xbox 360 and modern consoles if they are backwards compatible titles. Uh, so we were questioning whether they meant whether they actually meant if you just owned it and you were able to download them again, which has been reported at other places. So I think that's reported in the, the source that you originally had, right, Ryan? Anything that yeah. you've already purchased is not going to be affected. So I would wonder if this is just a small misspeak, a bit of a nitpick on or our part. It- or does it mean if you are if you currently have it downloaded, if it's currently on the console, it won't be affected? No, I, I remember say, I remember reading somewhere saying that you can re-download it, but I think it said I think you have to pull it from your re, your previously downloaded or previously. What, what I don't get about this is like okay, so that, that they still have to host it on some server somewhere for mm-hmm. the people who have purchased it. Why why remove it from the store? It's probably a licensing thing, especially if it's just three sixty. It's definitely a legal thing. Yeah. Very bizarre. Yeah. Because we're we were talking about it before the show and and it's it's we're at these were these were the beginning of the digital distribution storefront. So like mm-hmm. they clearly these companies that were making these deals <clears throat> probably didn't fully understand certain ramifications on you know from distribution or Microsoft didn't understand it or whatever. Who's to say there isn't a PlayStation one coming like this later? Because PlayStation came out a year after, correct? 
after 360, 360? Yeah, yeah. about yeah. a year, yeah. Yeah, so I'm curious to see in about a year from now if we'll get a similar thing with similar titles that were simultaneously released. Saying, well, now there, there's so many years after the PlayStation 3 release that now these have to be delisted. There was a bit of an uproar when Sony announced they were closing down, what was it, the PSP shop? and uh, The PSP and the PS3. Vita shop or something yeah. like that. The PS3, and they, yeah. they double backed on one of them. Like, the PS3 is still up. So... Yeah, I think I think I think go as we go further and further in digital digital distribution and digital rights, and we kind of clean it up on a legislative level, we will be this will happen less often. I think we will lose licenses less frequently, and we get to keep the shit that we we want to keep. But I think this was just a consequence of early digital distribution days, and nobody knows what the fuck was happening the hell if you bought stuff on digitally on a nintendo wii you didn't even get a license they literally just downloaded it to the system software and if that broke or you delete or you whatever you lost it you don't get the back you had to pay for it again i bought shit on the wii four times on four different consoles (laughs) (laughs) so you know you know what's interesting about that though is like game preservation is all very a very interesting topic because like ryan said you have to keep the game somewhere and sure, like you could keep it on a hard drive somewhere, which costs a certain amount of money. I'm sure you could probably idle the server. So it would cost less to run that server that's hosting that thing or hosting a, a maybe an archive of a collection of games. Um, and then it would only sort of boot up whenever somebody went to that page, which might be few and far between. But there is still like a private interest there funding it. So like why sure maybe the public's like hey game preservation game preservation but the public at large is not thinking about the old games it, there is a there's a large like it, it's a niche but it is a large niche of people that absolutely care but it'll be interesting to see say in 10 years whether they're just thinking you know what bandwidth is too expensive uh you know our data centers are literally getting filled up <laughs> of these games that are just maybe downloaded once a year if that we're just pulling it pulling it down and even if legislators come in it's sort of like well do we have to support this forever if aegis wing can, comes out in 2001 just making it up first one on the list here do i have to support this until like 3001 <laughs> like what's the what's the limit on this now because before it was print the disc ship the disc to the store and that's it. But Microsoft was not responsible or whomever Aegis Wing, whoever, whomever made Aegis Wing, they weren't responsible for shipping the stores an unlimited amount of Aegis Wings. And then every e, every EB Games and every game store <laughs> literally has this back catalog in the back room of this ever-increasing game collection. That's not how it worked. And so with digital, it's a question of, well, is there a point in which the, like a cutoff is okay? And then... Like it's, it's gonna, it's not a cut and dry conversation of let's just keep these around because they do accumulate. So then who's going to keep them around? Will there be a, a, a museum or a company that cares about it? And then Microsoft and then will hire this place. And then that place's niche is the archiving. How is all this going to work? It's a, it's, I it's feel a like damn that good would be question. the case. And for Adriano, I think like a library, you know, would be like a place you'd want to kind of handle sort that of- stuff. Library of Congressional Legislation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but, I think but could... even even with legislation, you can't tell you can't tell them you have to keep these games up for a hundred well, years. Yeah, no, that's exactly yeah, that's exactly what I expect for for us to transition to digital age. 
you we have certain rights and assumptions as consumers when we buy something we there's an expectation that we get to use it own it destroy it pass it off sell it as anything we want sure. yeah we're we're in the we're in the the early stages of a digital frontier but that has to be established eventually yeah but yeah because what okay would, if you buy assassin's creed okay. brotherhood it's the second Brown. one on the list on disc do you expect that disc to work for 100 years i expect that disc to work for as long as i can i have a piece of technology to run that disc right so then the argument might be that you that if they say compare it to physical media that this these discs will break down in I'll choose a number 50 years out of, out of the air. So therefore, we will only host these games for a maximum under legislation for 50 years because these games don't disappear. Every game that comes out that goes on the store, it just, it, it's going to be this back but, catalog forever. But hold on. But, but there's legislation to protect us from, from discs uh, wearing out. I'm allowed to make a copy of a disc that I own. You in, can in actually, Canada, I think, right? Yeah, it's not you can, everywhere. Yes, the, the 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 trick with the with the text on the disc says do not make illegal copies of this disc. But what people don't know is you're allowed to make a legal copy of a disc by simply making a copy of it. Well, we it, there, well, there, I mean, there, I haven't looked at that law in a long time. Like, and, and it's going to be different every every you, different you are, place. You are allowed to back up your own media. So if you don't want this disc to die, you can go from disc to disc and keep on going forever. So. That hundred year limit is just arbitrary. So then what what like so okay, so let's say for example, Microsoft says, okay, what we'll do is at 20 years, we'll allow you to download Aegis Wing to keep it in the same example. We'll allow you to download Aegis Wing, but it's DRM free. You can then transfer that to OneDrive, you can transfer it to USB stick, you can do whatever you want with it. And as long as it is, as long as that USB or whatever media it is, is plugged into or placed onto somehow an Xbox One or an Xbox 360 or Here's whatever, the- then that works. That puts the onus on the consumer the same way that a disc condition is on the consumer. If you're doing a DRM-free, then that's a completely different ballgame. If you're saying this is DRM-free, you will have people, somebody out there will just make sure it's backed up. And then at that point, it's a free-for-all. It's people handing out free copies anyways. So DRM example is probably not the the, the way well, that, to see to... that's not necessarily the greatest way to handle that though because it like I, I absolutely understand what you're saying where it once it goes out there like everyone someone will have it yeah. but if we're talking about true game preservation you probably should have some form of official procedure in place because you know you know damn well something's going to slip through the cracks and then it's yeah. going to be like well great now we have a big yeah. hole in our collection. Yeah, exactly. When an industry gets big enough, it becomes regulated. Our biggest industries in North America are heavily regulated by governments. Yeah, but the, the Ford doesn't still support the Model T Ford. They don't support. They obviously don't support it because there there are reasonable restrictions, but there are regulations that have to be honored. Yeah, when an, when an industry when when uh when a country is so reliant on certain things. They can't just say, well, we're going to do this and, you know, fuck you. And then and then everyone's like, of course, okay. yeah, no, and I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying that I'm just saying that these the, like the hard drive space, if you yeah. just think about it in terms of a, a personal PC to, to to like lower the like, you don't have to think about data data centers. You like if you're like, I'm going to keep storing Xbox games on, on, on in my house, I'm just going to keep downloading them and put them up. You're going to need a like a hell of a lot of hard drives. Yeah. You're going to need a hell of a lot of hard drive space. That's what's happening to Microsoft. 
And and a lot of those games in the back catalog are no longer selling, but they still have to keep those drives up and Look, available. Like those drives break down, you got to yeah, replace them. That's but that's that's the cost of trying to run a digital distribution uh, enterprise. Is that you have to account for that, but not not and forever though. Is is, is no, what Ryan and I, I were don't th- I don't think it's unreasonable to tr- to at least try to set up contingencies to make sure something is is accessible. It's one thing for something to come down because of licensing. Okay, if somebody says, "Hey, the licensing expired. We can't use David Bowie on Alan Wake anymore." That's going to come down. It's still out there, and there are still ways for it to come back. Right. So, but for them to say this is going to come down because of we just don't have space anymore, like to me, that's not a valid excuse. There has to be a way. There has to be some sort of contingency but- place to make sure that that things are stored. I think the the question is just who should be responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, it, because yeah, would, someone does have to pay for that, and as it as you create more content, you're gonna you know increase costs of of storing it forever. It's infinite. It's infinite as long as humans are around and it, making content. It is infinite. Yeah, yeah. But honestly, at that, but this it, is why I think a, like a, a library should take it over, some sort of publicly funded place. I'm not. A, then, I'm not opposed to that. That then handles the the preservation of it yeah but it, i think honest, people too are concerned about not just being able to access it somewhere but even actually having the hardware to access some of these games like if you have a game for the apple ii it's you know it's kind of hard to come by an apple ii these days so how, how would you play a game that's only on the apple ii uh, yeah when it comes to the actual hardware limitations that's a different con con uh conversation well, they, they, they could legislate that emulators at a certain yeah, age would be legal. Say, well right. em- emulators are legal it's it's they, there's nothing illegal about uh, i emulators. mean everything the roms yeah. like the whole the whole community around emulators well, like it would all become elite it would all become legal copyright would come up at some point too right games aren't old enough for that to, to be in effect yet but i imagine at some point pong is going to be public domain right no, they keep on skirting around it. Like there's there's a case law argument to keep on renewing it if something is yeah, I think the argument is that if you're able to make a new new relevant iteration of it that So is that when that, they do like remasters or director's cut and add more footage? Kind of like like same. Superman is a good example. Like they they skirted around Superman and Mickey Mouse several times by saying well, we keep on adapting and changing this character for modern audiences, and we're putting work and we're putting effort into to adapting it and making him relevant. We should be able to extend this license. Like Superman should have been in public which domain, is, fucking in the eighties, I think. Which is kind of funny because the whole point of a copyright, you know, coming is up to, was so other people could then take that and do something else with it. Mm-hmm. But they're making the argument that oh, we're doing something else with it, so yeah. we're we're fine. That's yeah. that's kind of. Bizarre. I think I think when it gets it'll get to the point where there will be you know, government regulations put in place to say, you know what, if you're going to do this, you have to do this and uh, you have to have it stored for this. And at that point, you have to let third party companies or private entrepreneurs take control of it. This can't just go away. And especially if you, if we're, it didn't take off, but if we're jumping into a world of digital rights and NFTs and licensing, we have to have something in place to be able to hold it and be able to, pass it off to each other and not risk losing it. Well, actually, there's something here uh, for you, Adriano, that, that's related to that. So you're mentioning, it, you know, it's legal to make copies of, uh, you know, discs if you own it. But for example, so I just looked up uh, straight up on Google, um, can you make a legal 
can you make a legal backup disk in Canada? The first thing is from 2012, so it's a little dated, um, and it's from the star.com, but it's, so the bottom line is it's legal in Canada to make a personal copy of your DVDs, but not if they're a Hollywood movie with digital encryption, as you need to break that lock in order to put the video on your hard drive. So there's going to be some nuance. So I'll like, who, if you're listening to this, check with a lawyer before you do anything, <laughs> legally speaking. Okay, we are not lawyers. Advice. <laughs> yeah, this is not legal advice at all. Please check with a lawyer. But the whole thing is, though, is there's going to be nuance to just, oh, I have a 360 game. I'm able to make a copy of this legally. Maybe not. I understand this code I read was for movies, but maybe not if if the encryption component of this nuance comes in for a 360 game. Now it's a question of, OK, now what? So this is... Um... This is reflective of the Plex conversation that Ryan and I have. And this is where this is where the philosophy of law comes in and saying are we, <laughs> is what is Plex illegal and what I'm what I as well as every other Plex user doing allowed. And that's a that's a difficult thing to answer because like the disc is each individual step you're taking is not necessarily breaking a law. But if you look at it all together, are you supposed to be doing that? You are. This is where your legislation would come in, where you would where you would have something like at 50 years old, games are supposed to be stored at the library as a really basic example, are allowed to be archived in the library and emulators, including the full community around them, ROMs and whatever else format we have in the future are now legal at 50 years total random example but maybe that would be what would solves it yeah well we've lost so much media already that is lost the history because it wasn't taken care of properly oh before hard drives and stuff right well i mean even hard drives i'm fairly certain break down well like like they they definitely break down but i mean if you like take a mechanical drive and like put it in an unplug it put it in an ideal environment so it's not running and let's say there isn't a mechanical failure i do believe that the platters do degrade the information does degrade on them that's one of the reasons why they like some places still back up the tape because we understand how to store and how long tape lasts in storage um hard drives is still up in the air as to how long they'll actually last because we only had hard drives for like what 50 years something like 40 40 years something like that yeah we don't know how and, long and copying like if i took the same word document and i copied it 100 million times or some sort of very high number it would start becoming corrupt if i remember correctly really yep. yeah i believe it, that's correct so like so you have to remember like here freaking well, dna which, it's like so like how far replicated. down the chain of copies are you archiving and which one's it's, acceptable it's uh it's just like a, a vhs if you but, but wait isn't it a defined number of ones and zeros i think there's a degree like why, of error. why why would it Oh, I'm fairly certain. I, I I learned this in college and I, I can't remember it fully. Like it's been almost okay. 10 years now. <laughs> so like I might could, could be wrong, but I remember them talking about something like if you took a notepad file was the example given and you copied that like 100 million times, it would it would break down. But I don't know if that was specifically to do with something like a hardware raid or something else we were learning at the right. time. Same thing with memories. Do you know why memories fade over time? Do you keep every recalling part? them? Because every time you remember something, you're remembering the last time you remembered it, not the actual incident. Hate that. Yeah. 
your, your memory is horrible too. Don't, no one should rely on their memory of everything. Even within hours, your memory has already changed and it is not exactly what occurred. Yeah. So, all right, that's it for the stories. Time for what we're playing. Hey, Toronto. Protect your media, people. I am playing Marvel Snap. As always, I have to rush and get the season done because I was experimenting with decks and I am not where I want to be on the ranks. Then I did some Dead Cells, it says here. I must have played Dead Cells at some point. <laughs> and I did some old, Yeah, because I have to... It's I'm Sometimes I take four or five weeks between these episodes and I, I before I come back, so I don't know what i played well you wouldn't want to rely on your memory exactly see everything comes around <laughs> uh i did some overwatch 2 with various people including my board game group including you guys um uh did some sea of thieves with matt we did the uss dauntless uh data daedalus 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 so that was fun matt's got a captain ship i have uh i have a, a picture essentially but a screenshot of him pose of him in front of a ship I said Matt, stand in front of your ship, and I took a little screenshot of him. So that was a lot of fun. We're... The changes yeah. are great. Yeah, uh, we didn't go. I didn't. I, we didn't even make our way to New Golden Sands. No, we didn't. That, that place. That place is fancy. It's got cobblestone and you know roads and it's, oh, a, town. it's, it's a little town now. They've completely That's changed cool. it. Yeah, and um, Ryan and I finally. <laughs> We did a lot, man. Ryan and I finally finished the first DLC pack for Borderlands 3, Moxie's Heist. Oh, my God. We mopped up a a bunch of those side quests. Yeah. (laughs) Logged on. First thing I said is, Ryan, you decide. What are we doing? You're like, let's just do this. So Mm. when we jump back on, which I don't think can be this weekend, I don't think think I'm Me neither. Yeah. We are going to try to tackle the second dlc pack or clean up whatever and i think the goal is that we eventually get to wonderlands <laughs> yeah oh my god when, when we find yeah. it at a sale price we're com- comfortable with let me know yeah. when you get around to it because i have it so i'll play oh, it. what okay, uh, cool. what what platform what the service oh uh pc uh, specifically On what launcher i think you can use the data there you go. I'll I'll send you a template for the database when. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right. Yeah. We'll we'll uh we'll talk. We'll uh we'll set up terms and negotiate. Terms and conditions. Go with somebody else. Uh, I do want to just jump in. I did look up the file uh, thing. Now this these are just people answering questions on like core and stuff. So you know take it with a grain of salt. But this guy says that uh, errors can occur when copying um, files. But there are programs where you can confirm that it is a perfect copy. And it has all the same genetic memories as the previous. Yeah, copy? bit bit for bit, you can you can confirm that it's exactly Jesus. identical. How does how uh, does it do that? Like, I'm curious to know what process. Yeah, what, what's the reference? Like, would it have to know of the reference? Well, it looks at the original file and it can read the the ones and zeros, right? And then just yeah, but say, you oh, aren't doing that though. But what is what is different from just Windows or Linux or anyone else doing that? What it? What do you mean? Like you're saying, if I make a copy over and over again in Windows or whatever, and I just run that a million times, there's a chance that it will be corrupted. Yeah. And this program can do that, but then also make sure that it's fine. Yeah. But you need what, the original is what you're saying, Ryan. Or not the original or the one that's coming. Whatever from. you're copying from, you just need yeah. that. Yeah. But you don't so know if that one's perfect. 
But if you if you can open it, you can read the files, assuming that it's fine. So like it's, it's running. Apparently, it's, it's, it's usable. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, this is used in like the film industry when they want to make sure that the you know the video they get and is, copy is an exact copy. Yeah. Well, what I'm wondering though is what what process is that software doing that Windows or Linux or Mac can't do on just the DOS level? Oh, it's just probably not built in. That's all. They didn't, they never built it into the software. It'll probably slow it down. It'll probably slow the copies down, and it's supposed to be quick, right? Spider-Man yeah. Remastered is on sale on Steam for 47 bucks. The which, How far down the line of copies is that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be one cop. Uh, one remastered would be one copy, I guess. Hopefully. <laughs> anyway, uh, Tim, what are you playing? Uh, really just two things. Um, mostly the last little while has been uh, on stream has been heavily, heavily modded Skyrim, uh, which I'm playing for the first time really in like mm-hmm. five or six years. And uh, and then just on that Fall Guys grind still. Monster Hunter, we did Monster Hunter. And Monster Hunter, we've been doing a little bit of uh, Monster Hunter on the day one patch stream on Wednesdays as well. That's slow going though. <laughs> and, well, and on the weekend, we, we did some. You and I we did. did a little bit on the weekend, yep. Couple hunts, yeah. No, it's 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 fun getting back into Rise again. I uh, I kind of wish I had more time to dedicate to it because it, those games take a long time to get through. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and I haven't played it since before the expansion Sunbreak came out. So there's like double the game there that I just haven't even seen yet. Um, but yeah, lots and lots and lots of Skyrim. Uh, heavily heavily modded. I downloaded a mod pack that probably is is pretty well known in the Skyrim modding sphere called immersive and pure. There's another, uh, mod pack. Uh, it, it's a pared down version of another mod pack by the same curator called immersive and something. I don't know. Um, but this is the, uh, safe for work edition of that mod, I suppose, <laughs> because it removes, uh, like anything with excessive, like gore, or I think it gets rid of like the nudie mods and, and that sort of thing. They designed the collection specifically yeah, the mods. for well, they designed the collection specifically for content creators. So things anything that might get you demonetized, they removed from the mod list, which I really appreciate. Um, but it's it's really good. And this is honestly why I kind of waited as long as I did to play Skyrim again, was because I knew if I gave it a, a good long while, the mods would come a long way. And then I'd be able to go back and play it like a, a brand new game. And that's honestly kind of effectively what it is. Like it, the base bones of Skyrim are there, but they like from an aesthetic level, from a mechanical level, uh, a lot of things are different. And it, it really does feel like a little bit more of a modern game than uh, than an RPG that came out in 2011. So it's uh, I'm I'm genuinely really enjoying it. I made a character who's um kind of a like almost like a heavy armored battle mage cleric kind of character uh who is also a bard speech is by far my highest skill and uh i make all of my money by going to towns and taverns and like playing the lute or the <laughs> flute or the drum and uh people like depending on how high your skill is uh it will measure how much money characters have in their inventory how much they liked the show, and then they'll give you an amount of gold based on that. 
So you can't just like go to somebody who doesn't have any gold and play like, you know, a master level song and then get like a thousand gold for it. Like they have to have that money. Um, so it's like, it's a little bit more immersive. It's a little bit more, uh, there, there really are just a lot of things where it's like, I wonder if I could do this or this is a really interesting concept. How can I like use this in the game? And, uh, so the entire mod pack consists of, uh, 388 Mm -hmm. mods which sounds like a lot, but I know people who apparently have a thousand mods installed for their games of Skyrim. I don't know how you possibly have the load order for that worked out. I guess Vortex does it all for you to a certain extent, but like, I don't know how you would add things. And then if something (laughs) breaks, how you would find out what broke. Uh, But anyway, modding Skyrim is, is a hobby in itself. I think at this point, um, I still don't know what all of the mods do. That was kind of sort of my gimmick for the, for the, uh, for streaming. It was that I installed all these mods with a very cursory knowledge of what any of them did. Um, so, and the reason I did that is because I wanted to be surprised. I wanted to take something that was well rated, curated by a bunch of different, uh, like players and creators and, uh, and just see what my game of Skyrim turns into. And there is just, there's so much like Skyrim is a pretty dense game to begin with. Maybe not so much by today's standards in terms of open world RPGs, but it still does a lot of things right. Um, there's, there's so much more. Like I would, I would say if I had to guess probably five times the content of base Skyrim with, with just this mod pack, um, which some people might be down to that down for that. Some other people might not. I would really recommend it for those who have already played the absolute shit out of Skyrim and want something familiar and yet different because a lot of these mods add major content in the, in the, in the ways of like uh, player homes or like companions, um, new dungeons to explore, uh, lots of new modded locations. Almost every settlement has been touched in some way, either updated or more you know, quality of life things have been added to them, that sort of thing. Um, a lot of the characters' models have been updated and stuff. Every NPC, new hairstyles, uh, new armor options, crafting options. Um, one of the biggest ones that it's just a mod, but you 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 can download it on its own. But it works in tandem with a lot of other mods that are also part of this collection. Uh, is called Ordinator which completely reworks the perk system in Skyrim. Uh, so instead of having your basically like two paths that you can take through every skill tree in, in Skyrim for each skill, it kind of turns them into three or more paths that also converge at certain points. Uh, so you can really kind of work your way uniquely through a tree. Uh, and they all, they it adds like probably four times the perks for each skill. Like it really is a mod for people who if you played through Skyrim and you like maxed out a skill and then you were like, damn, I wish I could like like legendary, like re-up this perk and t- go through it a different way and have a different like playthrough of one handed or alchemy or, you know, whatever speech. Uh, you can do that. It's like there's there's so many different options and it really makes for a much more robust like build system. Because 
there's a lot more options in terms of like weapons or how your skills affect your stats in combat or different like combos and things like that. So it's not a hundred percent different. It's not like a huge, uh, complete like overhaul. You're probably still going to be playing Skyrim roughly similarly to the way that you would have before, but there's more to take into account in terms of like what gives you, you know, stamina back during a fight, or if you do this kind of power attack versus this kind of power attack, what effect it has on your enemies. So, um, especially if you're the kind of person who like plays Skyrim on max difficulty, just so things have like more health and you don't just steamroll through everything. Um, there's like actual strategy that you can employ. There's a combat mod that adds, as we were talking about Sekiro earlier, that adds like a stance meter for yourself and for enemies. And you actually have to like, block you can block with perfect timing and get parries and that staggers the enemy and then you get like an opening to do like a stronger attack on them and things like that enemies are a lot smarter like they'll hide behind their shield more or if they have a bow or magic they'll stay at at range as much as they can um there's a lot i could just keep talking about it but there's there's (laughs) an absolute ton and uh i think my favorite perk uh, that I've discovered so far is in the speech tree because there's a, almost a specific path in the speech tree for if you are playing a bard um, and uh, you can there's there's playing instruments which every character can just do and like get their their instrument skill up uh, but then there's also a, a, a skill or a power called perform which uh, lets you play an instrument at any time and it can affect yourself or allies or enemies in combat. Um, so I have a skill now. I think it's called drums of war, where if you perform in combat, you pull out a drum and it releases shock waves every six seconds in like a ra- radius of 30 feet. And it like blasts enemies away. And it's just like, this is after another skill <laughs> where you can force people to dance so one of my prevailing strategies if there's like an enemy who's really tanky is I'll just go up to them and I'll just like whip out my loot or my flute and I'll start playing and then it forces them to magically like put their weapon away and start dancing and they just start doing like a little like silly jig like from Sea of Thieves and then they're like yelling oh damn you I'll have your head while they're like (laughs) dancing away and then my uh, followers just rip them apart oh my god <laughs> and they can't fight back so that's that's a that's a pretty good uh, strategy that i've discovered so far it's a lot of fun um but yeah there's there's just so much there's so much and uh as a final kind of touch note for it um the there's like an alternate start mod where you basically are in this sort of like alternate space that exists outside of time and space in skyrim or whatever and uh it lets you customize a lot of your like sort of beginning options and one of them is that you can pick classes like you can specifically pick classes, which is not really a thing in Skyrim. You can just use whatever skills you want and then level up that way. Um, but the classes that it adds are all of the base classes from Oblivion. So like your pilgrim and your warrior and your knight and your uh, acrobat and your thief and your nightblade and your witch hunter and your like all those. Hell yeah. Uh, all those old Oblivion classes which at the end of the day, like they didn't, it's just changed whichever were your major skills and your minor skills and then gave it a little flavor. Um, but when you pick a, a class, it gives you like a perk specific to that class. So for example, like the knight, you you gain more 
armor from you get 20% more armor from whatever armor you're wearing. Doesn't have to be heavy or light or whatever. Um, and then you take or you you deal 15% more damage to enemies who are aware of you, and you take a damage penalty of like 50% against enemies that are unaware of you. So it sort of like discourages you from getting like sneak attacks and stuff like that. It's, a, it's more like you have to be honorable, you have to be a knight, you have to face your enemy head on, and if you do that, you gain a damage bonus, and if you're you know going around trying to backstab people, it does less damage. So... There's like things like that that again, like it's a minor thing, but it, it can it can affect your play style and stuff. And uh, you can also take um, debuffs to gain uh, like class points. So if you take these debuffs, like shops are more expensive and they give you less money to buy things or like buying things from you, or uh, you can only use dragon shouts uh, half as frequently, or um, you take. You, you regenerate Magicka more quickly in the sunlight, but you recover more slowly when you're indoors or at nighttime. Um, and those sorts of things. You can take these debuffs to get more class points. And then if you for every two class points you have, you can take another class. So you could theoretically have like the buffs of six classes, but you'd have to have like 12 debuffs. So there's sort of these ways that you can balance and customize your playthrough um, depending on what like buffs and debuffs you have. And uh, it it really just makes it makes Skyrim like so much more playable because of how many like character options you have now for different builds. And it genuinely makes me want to like try different builds, which in Skyrim before was just like, are you going to be the magic user or the heavy armored knight or the thief? Like that's pretty much all you could do in Skyrim before. So uh you can you can genuinely do an unarmed build now. You couldn't do that before in Skyrim. Like you, it was very very limited in terms of like doing unarmed damage, and there was like the objectively best way to do it, and there was kind of no other way to do it. But now there are actually like classes and perks and things you can do to change your build and be an actual like unarmed monk. So that's uh, that's kind of a cool thing too. And then in terms of Fall Guys, I mean, I just I finally finished my marathon challenges. I did all the dailies and weeklies and stuff that I had to do. Um, so I have the like uh, cosmetics from that. I'm at level 187 out of 200 in the season, I think. Um, yeah, that's it. That's, that's that's Fall Guys. Matt, what? Me playing. Uh... I've been doing the <clears throat> Call of Duty. Been on the Call of Duty train quite a bit earlier in the week. Uh, been pushing forward in my positive kill death ratio. I'm officially 1.01 and going ahead. I'm about 130 kills positive now, which is good. Uh, I am hitting the same sort of, or I'm starting to hit for the first time ever the wall or the what the people have been complaining about with skill based matchmaking, where the skill based matchmaking is largely trying to keep you at 1.0. And it puts you in these rounds that you get absolutely laid out. And I'm playing with a friend and we did well. We had a couple mm-hmm. couple rounds that were a little rough, but not too bad. You know, negative a few kills, no big deal. Then got maybe five or six positive. Both of us did in a row. And then just one that just wiped out all that progress. <laughs> um, and it was like disgusting. Absolutely. We were not at that skill. 
And it's sort of like, mm, like I was probably with all the matches that I was positive, I was probably approaching 200 positive. And so it's kind of like, oh, he's about to get 1.02. Better knock him back down to 1.01 slash 1.0. Because these these people were absolutely out, totally out of our rank and skill. Um, it was really rough. But um, I've been enjoying it regardless. Like, I'm not playing competitively. So, you know, it's whatever. Um I've also been, we also did a, a quick uh, round of Apex, a quick night of Apex, just about an hour and a half or so. And we caught two wins, I think, maybe three, which was awesome. So we're at seven wins this year already. And we've only played twice, two sessions. So uh, that's pretty great. Um, easy. As I, hmm? easy game. Easy game. Uh, well, the thing is, is because I've been playing so many of these shooters, I'm just kind of better at shooters in general to an extent. My aim is better. Um, I'm reacting better in different positioning and stuff. And there's certainly some nuance and some differences between each game, but uh, the the aim really comes in handy a lot of the time, obviously, mm-hmm. as a shooter. So uh, one thing I might actually end up doing is I might try to manipulate my Overwatch controls to be a little bit more like Call of Duty in terms of sensitivity specifically, because mm. I noticed that my aim in Overwatch is particularly bad. Uh, in version in in contrast to any other game I've been playing recently on consoles, so I'm gonna probably mess with that a little bit. Um, but other than that, uh, I did a little bit of Factorio just to sort of try it um, in a server that was already kind of set up. And uh, I've played Factorio before, but I've um, never really joined at mid game. It's either I'm early game and I know I'm not committed enough to play it, or I join into a server that's already late game and the people are so far ahead. That I don't even know what's going on. So I kind of joined it at an ideal time, helped them build a couple little factory things. And uh, that was it. Just like an hour or two uh, of some Factorio. And um, then I continued my backlog project. So I've been doing, I did a, a session or two, just short ones of Lost Planet 2. Um, I've completed the next faction, which was a couple of different levels in there. So I've completed the next faction, which was Nevik. And I'm on to... Uh, actually, I'm not sure. I think I exited and saved. So um, I don't remember. It, it'll tell you like oh, then on the next chapter and it shows you sort of almost like a TV preview of what's coming up. But I just I just can't remember who who those people are. But uh, there's four factions total. I am four or five. I'm on the third one. And I the story ends in cliffhanger. So I assume you go back and do each one probably once more to tie up the storylines is what I would estimate. So I've been doing uh, that slowly and I believe, I believe that has been it. Oh, other than of course, Fortnite, uh, I've completed the season in Fortnite level 100. I'm going to continue playing it because I would like to get that last doom skin and um, the last style, I suppose for my doom skin, but I'm close enough to just buy it just for like 10 bucks. So I'm just going to play it and, you know, lower that price or even just earn it myself, whichever comes first. And that's, that's been my week. Uh, for me, uh, mostly the the only new thing I've kind of been playing is High Five Rush. Ooh, yeah. Yes. So this was kind of like surprised announced at uh, that Xbox developer thing. And uh, it's been an amazing game. It's uh, one of the it's a pretty unique game, too. There's so many little details to it that it's just like kind of mind-blowing that someone was creative enough to think through it all um i don't know adrian do you have any familiarity with this because i think me and matt talked about it last week and i know tim's played it sir which title hi-fi rush 
I've never heard of that before in my life. <laughs> um, it's like a, it's a rhythm based game, you know, to kind of put it loosely. Um, there's High constantly rush. There's constantly music playing, and your attacks happen on the beats. And so I think even it doesn't matter when you press the buttons, the attacks will always happen on the beats. But yeah. if you press it on the beat, you can kind of get into a rhythm where you can do your combos and the combos are rhythm based. It's um, it's such an ingenious game. Like um, having the, like you say, it's always on the beat. So you never have to worry about like your attacks landing. They're always on certain timing. And then you have attacks that are like, will be a rest. And then on the next beat, uh, your heavy attacks or then your light attacks. And you can kind of... Um, Combine them interchangeably to have kind of like uh, kind of like Crypt of the Necro Dancer. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I thought that when I first saw those those games, that it would be really hard to do. Um, but then I just sort of downloaded Hi Fi Rush on a whim, and like it's it's so it's done so well. I think is the thing. Like it, I feel like this would be a really easy concept to do poorly. <laughs> yeah, but the, but they've really done it well. Like you can tell the the attention and polish and care that they put into the game, and yeah, it's just uh, I'm glad to see that it's getting the the press that it deserves because it's really good. Uh, it says Xbox and then P- uh, Windows only. I'm assuming it's on Steam. Uh, yeah. it's on Steam, but it's on Game Pass. It's on Game Pass as well. It's a it's a Bethesda title, so it's like a. A Microsoft game overwhelmingly positive yeah mm-hmm. well I was going to I was going to turn on a subscription maybe for dead space <laughs> but I don't think I can um yeah no, I'll check it out just looks interesting it looks uh it's a very vibrant looking game well it's a bit anime like um like it's there's goofy a, it's yeah, not it's, taking itself too seriously it knows what it is yeah yeah I I I hope like I hope it's not loud in its visual presentation to the point where it would give me a headache to look at it. Like it looks like it can... I don't think so. That if you're looking at that like cover image, that's more intense than the actual game. Yeah, is. like like that. I'm already having a hard time kind of dissecting what I'm even looking at when I look. No, at the that. game is actually pretty like sparse. There's not a lot okay. going on in it. It's mostly just about the level and then fighting the enemies at certain times. My one complaint is every time you come across a group of enemies, like it, it freezes, and then like, like your character like runs into place or something, and then the enemies appear. I just wish that was a bit more dynamic, a little more that kind of, Yeah, that kind of bothers me. And it, it's not like they couldn't do it. I think it's a, a choice they made to, to kind of have each battle kind of start like that. Um, but other than that, yeah, I've been really enjoying it. Even just like him when you stand there idling. He's like snapping his fingers. Yeah, he's like bobbing back know. and forth on the beat and snapping his fingers. Yep. Yeah, and I, I love when um, you can bring in uh, what's her name? What's the what's the, the woman's name in the game? I haven't met her yet. Oh, okay. I got the little follower, but I don't have. I haven't met her yet. Okay. Well, when you, when you when you bring her in, there's like she can kind of shoot things for you, and she'll stand next to you and she'll kind of like bop around on the beat too. And I just kind of sit there and watch them <laughs> bop around for a bit because it's it's so enjoyable. Um, yeah, there's um because right now I can turn Game Pass on again for a buck for the first month. Like mm-hmm. I have that offer pending. So if I do, would you have the time to play it though? I don't know how long do you think it would take me to. I, guess, I, think, I think it's only like six hours. I don't think it's that long. Yeah, and then honestly, because really, if I know I have a month, that might actually kick my ass in high gear and actually play something instead of. 
noting in an Excel sheet that I'm going to play something. So, <laughs> oh, nine to ten hours. Nine to ten hours. Because there's also what else is on here that I wanted to play? Oh, Dark Tide. Oh yeah, Dark Tide's on here. Who has? Who's got Dark Tide? Dark Tide. Uh, I want to play Dark Tide. Yeah, I, I played yeah. Space Marine in anticipation of Dark Tide. Actually, yeah, Dark Tide is the Left 4 Dead like. Well, it's the imitation of the Vermintide of the imitation of the Left 4 Dead. But 40K. Wait, 40K. on Game Pass? It's on yeah. Game Pass PC only because uh, it's only on PC it. right now. Warhammer 40K Dark Tide? Oh, is it actually called War? Yeah. Hammer. That's my little Warhammer. Warhammer. Huh. I've been seeing yeah. this image for a while. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's like Vermintide, but in the 40K side. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Other than that, I beat uh, Call of Duty Vanguard, and that's pretty much it. What would you give it out of ten? Vanguard? Yeah. What a bizarre game. <laughs> it's very bizarre. Told you. I told you. Out of, out of ten, maybe like a six. Yeah. That's sad. You feel really slow. It's just kind of clunky. Game sucks. I, the the cinematics <laughs> are kind of cool though. It's it's very you know. Uh, movie like, um, but just the, the gameplay gets a bit odd. Anyway, that's it. That's all I've been playing. Uh, Tim, where can the people find your crazy light show? Crazy light show. That's a good name for it. Uh, yeah, I stream, like I said, uh, five days a week on twitch.tv slash the sidetrack. I've been doing a lot of modded Skyrim, and I probably will be doing more more modded Skyrim for a long time. Uh, so if that's your bag, uh, we've been having a lot of fun. And you should it's, do an uh, after dark uh, one where you turn on the nudie mods. I am not going to do that. Okay. <laughs> um, Sidetrack after dark. Yeah, that's, that's for off stream. Those are the those are the Discord streams. You'll be streaming on a different website. Yep. And it's just going to be me. It's not going to be Skyrim. Onlyfans.com/slash the sidetrack. <laughs> not yet taken. Someone else can have it. I don't care. Um. Yeah. If any, if anything, I would go lock that down just so yeah, don't, nobody don't else close takes any it. doors there, Tim. No, yeah, no, no. Right. But honestly, for, <laughs> for me, for me, it'd be a protection thing. I would take it just so nobody else does take it. So no rising star it, can come up as the rising star. Yeah. So I would have it to lock it down so nobody can abuse that. Name. <laughs> no, but then that, I, that can, would be I my... can piggyback off of their success. Yeah, yeah, ah. It's not. It's not that I'm concerned about being associated them being associated with me. It's I want to be associated with them. Do some collabs. Yeah, that's right. We'll be high fiving. With what body uh, part, though? Two bears high fiving. Takes a different takes on a different meaning when in the context of <laughs> yeah. uh, OnlyFans. Um, yeah, sorry. It's uh, it's 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 we sidetracked you. <laughs> it's almost like it's a joke or something. Um, yeah, that's 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 what it's been. It's been modded Skyrim. It's really it's really cool. If you want to see if you if a big fan of Skyrim, but you want to see something a little bit different, uh, you should you should pop on by and let me know if you came from the podcast. We did have one one uh, person pop in like a couple weeks ago that said they came from uh, your podcast, actually, Matt. HTML all the things, and then they came to hey. this one, and then they popped into my stream. So I thought that was really uh, interesting. So shout outs to that listener. Um, hot damn, yeah, but uh, that's, that's that's what we do, and then sometimes we also stream on mm. Wednesday nights playing some uh Baldur's Gate 3 now that it's working again for yeah. multiplayer, yeah. right? Ryan, 
Correct. I'm very excited for it. Um, I'm also excited that this game is on Mac. Uh, I bought a new laptop that should be in soon. I want to see how it runs on that one. So maybe next week I'll be playing on that. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Please have uh, it ready on both. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not, not, not going to like delete it off of Windows game. just because I'm playing it on Mac. <laughs> it is, yeah, that's right, too, because it's in pre, pre-release, too. So uh, definitely going to have its issues. But uh, yeah, we're, we're on twitch.tv slash day one patch media Wednesdays at 9 p.m.-ish Eastern. And uh, that's it. We'll see you guys next time. Come check out our daily gaming clips. Don't do it. Do it. Peace.